What's up, gang? It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. I'm in my attic as always. And it's funny, I just caught myself on the Facebook pal. Like I'm looking in the face. This is the pal show, everybody. Just caught myself on the Facebook dancing around to our theme music. I, I feel so mellow on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time when I listen. Very zen as the emails pop in. Very zen as we uh, as we start this show every single week. So this is the Professionals and Animal Lover Show. We want to amplify the message that those people who are focused on animals, focused on helping out animals, are really the kind of people that like to work together. So we're building a compassionate network so everyone wins. That is, we find that people who work with animals and care about animals like to work with and do business with other people who work with and care about animals. And that also means that everyone wins, especially the animals. So we will achieve this network and connection model by creating community, hosting this show every single week to spotlight professionals who are animal lovers and nonprofits who focus on protecting, sheltering, and advocating for animals. And as I say every week after that theme song helps me bring my blood pressure down and mellow out, I say, my comrade, my buddy, my pal. What's up, Val? What's going on, Valerie Heffron? Hi, everybody. Just really psyched to be here. Episode number five. I can't believe it already. And um, yeah, so this is a great example, uh, which we'll discuss with our guests. But, you know, you don't have to necessarily be a pet professional, such as a veterinarian or um, a groomer or a trainer to be highlighted on this show. Anyone who's in business, uh, who you could be a lawyer, you could be a web developer, whatever it is. But if you're compassionate towards animals, um, we want to highlight you and your business and support you any way we can. Um, speaking of companies that are compassionate, I have to mention uh, our company, which is a co-sponsor of the show, Work Be Done. I brought in our very special spokesperson today. Joe V is one of our... Is that, wait, wait. Was that Joe V or Joe B? Who is that? What's going... <laughs> That's cute. His costume is a little large on him, but you can see he's a, he's a little bumblebee, a worker bee. Here's his little stinger. And um, I don't get it. Why is he dressed like a bee? <laughs> so the worker bee is actually our company logo. It represents uh, the people who actually want to work and get side jobs and get some side hustle, extra income going on. And uh, we do donate 10% of net profits to uh, reputable rescues, animal shelters and advocacy groups. So thank you all for your support on that. and. I have to say it is my pleasure to introduce not only a great friend, but a great animal advocate and someone who I consider to be also a mentor. Um, We've protested together while we're in New York. We just uh, went to a Riverhead uh, municipal meeting together to advocate for for a bill to be passed, which we'll talk about. And um, she's going to discuss not only how to become an effective legislative advocate, but some of her proudest accomplishments. So it's my pleasure to introduce the beautiful inside and out Joanne Winkart Cave, who is, hold on, I got to get this right. I got it it for you, right? Senior Humane Policy District Leader for the New York Congressional District 1, New York State Senate District 2, New York State Assembly District 8 of the Humane Society of the United States of America. Oh, you got I don't even have all that. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal, yeah. baby. Thank you. Glad to be here today. Thank you very much for asking. We're Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. So let's just jump right in because okay. we have a lot of things to talk about. Um, and I really want to start with the basics because I get this question a lot from people who maybe see me go to board meetings and um, advocate for animals or talk about it on Facebook. You know, in your opinion, what's the first step? How do you become an animal advocate? Well, there's definitely many different um, variations of an animal advocate. Uh, Number one thing, of course, would be a love of animals. Um, So if you if you love animals and you uh, want to help them and feel that you do more. Were you about to say something? Oh, no, you froze Sorry, for one no. second. Keep so going. if you want to help animals 
and do some and do more for them, which is kind of how I stumbled. You can volunteer, look for ways to get involved. Um, a lot of people are involved in rescue, which is a completely uh, an amazing um, people that that do animal rescue. They they just have so much heart and soul to put them there and do what they do. And I, because of it's such, it takes, you know, it's a very big emotional toll, as you can imagine being involved in, in hands-on rescue. I put my energies into legislative advocacy, which means that I use my voice for animals. And that means that legislative advocacy, of course, has to do with laws. And one of the biggest things that we can do to help animals and the most amount of animals is by passing humane laws. So, right. So that that's either on the, um, the federal level, which would be the entire country or the state level, which is the state in which you live or on a really local level where we have local ordinances that are passed. So I work as a, as uh, the position that I have with Humane Society. I've been with the program since its inception. Um, so it the, now I am a um, senior humane policy volunteer. So just as an example, yesterday afternoon, I had a Zoom call with my Congressman Zeldin's office um, with the, the office, um, rep, the, the person within his office that handles at humane laws. And we discussed a few bills that are right now considered priority bills with the Humane Society. So um, you brought up that we drove out to Riverhead a week ago. I will go to to speak at local legislative meetings when there's a bill um, or a proposal on the table that could potentially help or hurt animals. And I'll go and speak either in favor or against something like that. I've been involved locally, like where we the um, town of Ronkonkoma was trying to manage the Canadian geese population, things like that. So that's like a hyper local level. Um, the state of New York right now is hope. I'm hoping and praying that we will become the next um, big state to become a puppy mill free state. Yes. So there is legislation that made it that made it through um the Senate not once but twice. This is a, a two um year legislative session. So when it starts up again, we will take that bill up in the assembly. But it did pass the Senate S eleven thirty, which is uh the full name of it is the puppy mill pipeline bill. Let me um, Joey, Joey, I, I gotta ask you I have to ask you a quick couple quick questions because you know, the, the kind of the theme of our show has become that I have no idea what you guys are talking about. And that's kind of our show. And and Valerie knows everything you're talking about. So I imagine that the people listening to this show, whether it be live on uh, at 2 p.m. on Wednesdays here on TalkRadio.nyc or listening to this on a podcast platform after the show are saying, I kind of get what they're saying, but what's a puppy mill? Right. So break that down. I know what it means now, but I probably didn't four or five. So tell us that. Let's go to the fundamentals a little bit if we could. Okay. The basics. So puppy mill is what what is referred to at large scale breeding facilities, large scale breeding facilities um, where animals are bred and are housed for the sole purpose of reproducing. So you have your breeding animals and they are, produce litter after litter after litter. And those puppies are then taken away, not properly weaned, but they're taken very young, very early, too soon to be properly socialized. And um, they are put on the transport trucks and shipped up to all across the the country into the stores. So when you visit a freestanding pet store, those dogs are being sourced from what are USDA certified breeders but that's here in that there lies the big issue is because the animal welfare standards that regulate the care that the breeding animals receive at usda certified breeding facilities is abysmal it's bare minimum survival standards if you anyone that would consider themselves 
a lover of, of animals. Anybody that has a pet that really cares for their pet, that treats their pet properly. If you walked into someone's home and you saw a dog that was caged, six the cage was six inches, um, you know, above his head and and six inches um, bigger than the the circumference of his body. That you know, but that's it, and that's where he stayed, and that's where he didn't get to go out on walks, and he didn't get to you know be socialized and hang out in the living room without. He would just stay in that cage, and he would receive the bare amount of food and water to survive. Um, it wouldn't be in a temperature regulated. It could be exposed, he or she could be exposed to extremes and temperatures, hot and cold, et cetera, et cetera. As a, you know, animal lover, pet owner would be completely horrified and call the authorities and say, this is animal abuse. This, this, yes. nobody can keep a, a pet that way. But in and the they never get certified breeding facility, those, right. are, that's, that, yeah, they're not getting grooming. They're, they're barely getting veterinary attention. If they, it's abysmal. And bare, bare minimum. So what we're really trying to do is the the um, upgrade the standards of care, which is is a huge um, a huge issue that has yeah. to be done on the federal level. That has to be done on the federal level, and that's actually one of the bills that I discussed ye- uh, yesterday with uh, with my congressman's um, o- office. And that's the Puppy Protection HR two eight four zero. If we can pass that on the federal level, that's going to upgrade the standards of care at these facilities um, and bring it out of the Stone Ages. And it'll spare a lot of animals, a lot of misery, but it also is going to spare people that buy animals because there's many, many sick dogs that are sold to unsuspecting people when they go into a store. And then there are many times either... The, the dog will tragically pass away, which leaves the family heartbreak, heartbroken. But also after not only spending thousands to purchase this animal, but now you're stuck with that. So it's all around. It's a situation that needs to be addressed. It absolutely has to be addressed on the federal level. But when we have opportunities to um, strengthen our local laws, we, we always will take advantage of that. Right. So that's a, that's actually a good segue. We do need to break shortly, but um, you know, this is why uh, Joanne and I schlepped out to Riverhead, New York. And it was, you know, it's quite a haul. I was staying in Long Beach. It's about two hours roughly from Long Beach driving. And, you know, they're looking to pass comparable legislation on the local issue, which would make them the first municipality in all of Long Island, New York to do so. So of course we're going to go and support that effort. And, you know, um, this is these are the types of things that people can do. And aside from writing emails and making phone calls. But when we come back from break, I do want uh, Joanne to educate us in terms of just how to find our representatives and find out who they are, who's up for reelection, who do we want to support, you know, based on their uh, on their track records or not support. So, um, Joanne, uh, when we come back, definitely please get into that because I know for a fact many most people don't know who their representatives are. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's catch a break. Okay, guys, we'll be back in ninety seconds. Pal show, professionals and animal lovers, right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is your professionals and animal lovers show, and I am your nonprofit sector connector, host of this show, and host of Philanthropy and Focus here on talkrated.nyc on Friday mornings. And just like on the other show, we're here to amplify messages, and we're amplifying the messages. I'm going to cry with you guys with the dogs and the cages and, and the improper. I mean, you know, you're from the humane, you know, tragic actually, right? You're from the humane society, and all I keep hearing. Joanne, in that first segment, while you were talking about the the uh, way these animals are treated, was that's inhumane. That's like the exact Press. opposite. Like Press. obviously, a society that's like supposed to make this humane because that's a tragic situation. What's going on there? Uh, oh, and- it's deplorable. And you know what, Tommy? I just want to let you yeah, know go. the people who perpetuate you know this industry and the people who own the pet stores. They lie. They flat out lie. They say things like. It's a good soundbite to a, a layman consumer. Oh, we would never purchase from a puppy mill. All of our puppies are sourced from USDA uh, inspected, you know, uh, places, reputable breeders and et cetera. They'll just flat out lie. And that's part of the problem because it, it's there's a misconception and people want to believe what they want to believe. You know, they, they don't want to believe. Don't know, but you know what it is now? Like, let me play. Cause we, what we have, a, we have a cool show here. Yeah, for sure. But we have a cool show because like, I can play the guy who doesn't know. Like I, cause right. I am the guy, right? Right. Like I always thought until like we started talking about this and uh, I'm sorry, Joanne, but we're like, our little banter is happening here, but we're going to get you right back in. Cause I have like 15 more questions for you. But like, <laughs> I thought when I want a dog, I go and buy it at the pet store. Right now. Right. look, I am. I know like, 15% about what I should know by the, you know, but now I know a whole bunch more than I used to shout out to Regina Mendoza, shout out to Bruno, shout out to Pokey, my friends over in Queens at, at um, camp happy tales, NYC, my friends that I'm shouting out are dogs going Regina is a person, but then <laughs> Regina is actually an angel who is, who is saving these animals. Um, but you know, I'm learning so much more, but Val, I wouldn't know if you as yeah. my, weren't putting this in my face and saying, Tommy D you don't go to those stores because what do I know? I, I know I'm a, I'm a person who wants to buy a dog. That store sells them, right? Like, I, So that's the education piece that we're doing here. Before we jump right back in and you reply to me and then we get Joanne in, I want to say, Joanne, we had a couple photos that I put up during the break there. One was Humane Lobby Day up in Albany. And then the other one was a stop. You like, looks like you were at like a trade show. Stop Puppy Mills with the Humane Society. Uh-huh. So we, yeah, we talk about all that stuff like I was showing. But I want to ask you, too. You talk about the advocacy from a legislative perspective, you know, you can, you know, somebody can go into advocacy and they can open a rescue and they can help dogs like our friend Regina does, but you went legislative. Why is that your background? Do you have some, like, what was the, why did you say, you know what, I'm going to go lobby and I'm going to go argue and I'm going to, you know, act on behalf of these animals in a different fashion. What was it that drew you in that direction? So, I never had a background in this, but I wasn't afraid to speak up. Um, and I've been comfortable with, with that. So I actually, um, as an animal advocate, I had been volunteering and a, uh, for a shelter and um, I had gotten an email because I was always a supporter of society. So I'd gotten an email uh, come to Albany for Humane Lobby Day. And I said, what the heck? So I did. And on that trip, that was that was what 
catapulted me down the road to where I am because it opened my eyes. I learned things on that trip that I didn't know. I, I uh, Like you just mentioned before, I never heard of what a, a puppy mill is. Well, on that trip at the back of the bus, I learned what a factory farm was. I had never heard the term. I never knew what a factory farm was. That's the the animal agriculture. So that's that's the animals that um, you know. When people say I love animals, um, yeah, most people are probably referring to puppies and um, kittens and of the such. Companion animals is the first thing that comes to mind. And not that somebody would say they didn't love animals, the other all the other animals that exist. But when I learned about the egregious treatment that the animals that are raised for food go through that's what really really kept like just I couldn't get these images and out of my head and I just couldn't wrap my head around that this was like the treatment that uh, that animals receive you know really emotional caring like cows and pigs and pigs have the intelligence more and actually higher intelligence than than dogs so it just really shook me and I had I just wanted my voice to advocate for animals and that's why I picked up um one of the campaigns that I really felt strongly about was the meatless Monday because I really really advocate for people to just reduce their consumption of animals um any changes are good changes i i'd love for people to not eat animals at all but obviously everybody does everybody has to do things um at their own pace and what is right for them however i am a really strong believer in most most people don't want to see animals treated poorly and that includes the animals that that they you know also intending to consume but they don't want to see those animals treated horribly and so So, animal welfare is a very hot topic people have become much more aware of the the treatment of of animals in many different industries not even just the food industries but also the cosmetic testing um fashion uh, well there's there's so many ways that animals are abused for for fashion exactly so there's been tremendous tremendous headway being made and a lot of that comes from just people the the public becoming more knowledgeable and then rejecting and and demanding changes and that's why you see now cage free crate free these are all terminologies in the food industry that people and and organic too if you buy organic the 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 standards for the animals is a better standard than just like your run-of-the-mill um so these are all things that People can make changes and people can be, uh, think about, think about. Joanne, I want to jump in for a second because I think this is a great opportunity to uh, kind of mention one of you, one of your many accomplishments. But um, in terms of what I've learned from you, which is a great deal, but I remember um, hearing about the fact that you got a, a great restaurant on Long Island to uh um, implement a vegan menu because I remember also when we did that Meatless Monday networking event or educational event that you said something like, you know, there's a lot of people, veganism, vegetarianism, plant-based foods are on the uprise. Uh, people are choosing it for compassion, compassionate reasons as well as health. And what you said really resonated with me. I remember it like it was yesterday. You said, You know, if someone has a friend or a family member who's a vegan and they want to go out to dinner, they're tired of just having to settle for a slice of lettuce and tomato as their meal. So Joanne was an integral part of getting this very popular restaurant to create a vegan menu. And they even did, I think, a vegan tasting night, like a pairing night or something. And it's a huge success. So even something like that, like a lot of people know local restaurant owners talking to them about just offering alternatives to their traditional menu. Reno, who was one of our first guests, owned Joanne's Gourmet Pizza, and he created a vegan line of meals, not just, not even just pizza, but like a, he has not like a- Not me, Joanne. And yeah, meatballs, stuff like that. So, you know, even just something like that, the ripple effect is tremendous. So- Mention, I, I must interject here because I because he has pickle pizza, which we still haven't tried, but it's been ever since our first episode we announced 
Yeah. Now, you know, pizza, <laughs> Joanne's Gourmet Pizzeria over in Roslyn, not too far from the attic. Well, that's yeah. right. Far from the attic. But yeah, we got to check out the pickle pizza. I mean, yeah. pickles is not an animal. So it comes from cucumbers, y'all. So that's how that works. Forks, uh-huh. over, forks over knives, Food Inc., Cowspiracy. I had to look away to pull these docs up. But these are a lot of documentaries that I think um, nothing's perfect, as we know. But a lot of these, I, I think, sh- have shown a light on the, mm-hmm. the tragic abuse that goes on. Although, and again, now we're on to food food source animals which again whole different topic of conversation although abuse is abuse is abuse right and and when, why all animals feel pain no doubt 100 percent. yeah so i want to ask you three r's reduce refine replace what does yes. that mean what's that so about reduce, reduce refine replace is actually one of the things that we um promote at humane society Find replace. So in a nutshell, reducing is just very simple. Reducing your consumption of animal products. Okay. Anything that comes from an animal. Um, the second part of it is refining. So when you are refining your diet, you can choose, look for the certain um, buzzwords that will help in your choosing of a, a product that did come from an animal, but like certainly with your eggs, um, eggs, you, 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 if you look for organic and, uh, cage free or free ranging, like there's certain buzzwords. There's also, um, certain labels that, um, can, uh, are sometimes on the food packaging that the whole, there's certainly, and, and, the choosing what to leave off your plate. One of the things that I hear most um, is that when someone is going to say, all right, you know, I'm going to start to transition away. And like, usually a lot of people stop eating red meat. Like that's one of the first things they cut out is the red meat. But it's really interesting because, and I'm not, uh, you know, promoting the eating one animal over another. However, it is, the the chickens chickens and uh turkeys certainly chickens are the number one most badly treated in the food system and they're the the largest number of 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 animals that are slaughtered um for meat but they're not under they don't receive the same protections as land animals um pigs also are also because they're many times they're kept in confinement which means that they impregnate the female, but she's in a stall. Like it's like an iron stall. It looks like some kind of medieval torture uh, chamber, really. They can't move. They're immobilized. That's how they spend yeah. their life. And then it's horrible. You ingest this abuse, I guess, is the whole thing about it, too. Yeah, and that's that's a whole nother thing. Like, exactly. But you want, like, animals... Like you are what you eat, you know? So, so we say, if you're going to transition away, like the chickens and turkeys and pork, like those animals suffer greater um, than actually the animals in the beef industry. So again, I'm not promoting. Yeah. That's what we, that's that's like the component. When you say refine, if you're going to refine and you're going to look to leave some meat off your plate, you might want to start with the chicken versus the beef. You know, I got to bring, I, I bring a little levity, a little bit of levity to the conversation right before we go to a break because I because I can't help myself. My dad used to say, you know, you are what you eat. And I'd be there with like a whole package of Milano cookies. And he used to tell me I was going to turn into a Milano cookie. So I figure if I can live on a diet of iced coffee, pretzels and cookies, I'm not messing with any other species. So that's sort of how I've kind of skirted the system. So I'm helping out. I'm helping out the planet. I'm helping out the animals. I'll just keep eating cookies and pretzels. And that's- <laughs> the last R, though, has yeah. become so easy in today's uh, tell us, world. Tell us what it is. And then we're going to tease them and we're going to come back from a break and talk okay, about it. Okay, the last, the last R is replace. Replace. Gang, you got to come back replace. in 90 seconds if you want to find out what that's all about. Joanne's here, Valerie's here, and your boy Tommy D's here. We'll be back in 90 seconds, pals. Bye. Howdy.
Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Silly on the pal show. I don't know who's supposed to talk. Me, you, Joanne. Why don't you uh, go for the break? Hey, Joanne, you talk. Say something, R. Joanne. My favorite, my favorite R is replace. So <laughs> replacing is so fun because there's so many products out there now. There's a there is a non-animal product for every single thing that you could think of in your refrigerator. So you open up my fridge. I'm going to have almond milk. I'm going to have non-dairy butter. I'm going to have non-dairy sour cream. I'm going to have non-dairy ice cream. But there's so many different types of like you. If you don't like almond milk, oh okay. Well, there's soy milk. There's rice milk. There's coconut milk. There's almond milk. There's oat milk. There's so many types. Types. And I think that's actually really mainstream now. I mean, the 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 government had to bail out the dairy industry because people just really stopped buying whole milk. Um, And that was like, you know, health reasons. But honestly, there's so many uh, vegan and and uh, vegetarian options. But vegan, let's talk vegan, because honestly, if you have uh, any one of these products now that are out there, they are so much like the animal based product. That it's worth trying, you just got to try it. But there's so many out there. I'm uh, I, shot I have in, to um, jump Trader in, Joe, Joe because Joanne. Yeah, Trader Joe, they have fun. I don't think she can hear me. I jo- can hear you. Oh, okay. All right. I wasn't sure. Sorry. But no, I, I wanted to jump in and highlight what you've been doing now for several years. And, and Barry and I had the pleasure of participating with, which is every year, Joanne has hosted a vegan barbecue, which is, it's called like just grilling, no killing. And everybody, it's cute. Everybody brings, you know, a vegan dish. And um, she has, I mean, you should see her husband on the grill. He's amazing. But what's the deal with the, with the like, um, watermelon? You guys grill watermelon? I'm hearing about that right now. Yeah, you can grill watermelon. But, watermelon but through, so because of Joanne, she turned us on to Beyond Burgers, which I was like, no way, Jose, am I going to like that? And, you know, you you just, I've had other veggie burgers and I always found them to be dry and just cardboardish. So 
we loved it. And even Barry, you know, love who loves burgers. We eat beyond burgers now, like all the time. And again, the ripple effects, I told her last year I was going to do my own vegan barbecue, but then COVID happened. So I haven't done it yet, but I want to, because I have gotten so much out of it. And the one other thing I have to mention, because um, after watching some of those uh, movies that Tommy mentioned, but also an old neighbor of mine, She's this young, uh, great advocate. She has cowspiracy and bumper stickers all over her car. And one of the things that she brought to my attention is that the mental health capacity issue for there's a lot of employees who work at these factories and they suffer every day. It's depressing. They cry. They need the money. And a lot of times, this is not a coincidence, these factories are in not so affluent areas because think about it, you know, people went ballistic when they tried to open up a chicken farm somewhere recently in Suffolk County. Nobody wants these actual factories that, you know, slaughter animals in their backyard. So the people who work there, they're desperate for jobs. And it's so, it it just. Oh, Val, why though? Let's bring the pain. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Right. So why? Because they're murdering others. Yeah. And they see it, even if they're not doing pulling, you know, the switch or whatever they're doing, they're, they're hurting them into the place that they're going to get slaughtered. They're cleaning up blood and waste that excrements from their, from the bodies. You know, it's a horrible, horrible. It's a dark, it's a dark, Dark, scary world. I always said that, you know, when you're watching TV and those uh, late night, sometimes the commercials come on and they pull at your heartstrings for make a donation for, um, you know, puppies and kittens and, and they show, you know, puppies and kittens or dogs in horrible situations and, and your heart bleeds. I say, I wish there would be a commercial that would show the factory farm realities yeah. because that's Well, they should do that. That. They should do that. And when I found out, when I found out that they they take baby chickens because just because they're born male, okay, and they throw them into the meat grinders, and that goes into your pet food sometimes when they're talking about animal byproducts. Right. That's that's a byproduct. That's a byproduct of the egg industry. That's a byproduct of the egg industry. The male, the male chicks have no purpose. They can't lay eggs. So they're immediately discarded and they go into um, those choppers. Um, And they're alive. Alive. Sometimes, sometimes they're gassed, you know, it depends on the place, but it's, it's, but uh, we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but that's a deep dark issue. Obviously, yeah. it's why it's why I do what I do now because it, I felt it was so right. important, and I want to advocate for animals, and I want to advocate for the for the humane treatment of animals. Because let's be realistic. So, how um, do we clone you? How do we clone you, Joanne? In other words, so so now you got involved, but like, so I'm I am I consider myself an animal advocate, but you know, how does the average person out there who's watching or listening to this show, hopefully they're animal lovers. Mm-hmm. They want to know, like, how, who should I email? Yes. What's what are the bills? How do I find out what bills are being proposed? How do I get behind these legislative actions? Right. Uh, please educate. So certainly you can definitely go to um, either the Humane Society website or like an ASPCA website. Um, the the This way you can sign up for the take to take action and you'll get emails when there is legislation um that you can a it, and everything is done so simple like you really it'll take you five minutes to to, to make to take the action um it usually the email is in a form that you're just basically filling out your name and uh information so that they can send it to your elected officials, your elected officials are determined on your zip code and where you live. So, so where- to get notification from the Humane Society, like the ASPCA, you just go directly to their website, sign up to be uh, to become a uh, alert on the animal alert list. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what the terminology is, but you would find it on the website. 
And then you'll get those alerts. But on the other, the flip side, everybody listening to this right now, if you care about animals and you want to use your voice, don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. It's really easy. And and it takes only a few minutes. But you have to first know who your elected representatives are. You, You need to know. Who, who is my, everybody living in the state of New York, your senators are Senator Chuck Schumer and Senator Kristen Gillenbrand. Those are your two senators, but you have a local senator. Everybody listening has a local senator and there's a lot of them. So that's what you, you would need. You can go to um, the website, newyorksenate.gov. It's NY, so it's not spelled out. It's nysenate.gov. And backslash find dash my dash senator. And then you would put in your zip code and you'll find out who your local senator is. I now have a new local senator and my senator is Mario Matera. And he he recently took over. I am very S1130, which is the puppy mill bill. Um, And I also want to also there was a thought that happened before we went to break animal advocacy is a bipartisan issue it's not a red or a blue issue it's not a democrat or republican it is bipartisan we have people on both sides of the aisle so it doesn't matter what you identify as or you know or if you're an independent it doesn't matter what you identify as you you can speak to anybody that is official it doesn't matter because animal advocacy by and large is supposed to be and is considered nonpartisan, nonpartisan, because at the end of the day, there's people on both sides of the aisle that care deeply about animal issues and humane legislation. So that being said, you need to know who your representatives are so that you can call their offices and email them when there's a particular piece of legislation that is going to have could have huge effects upon. And we're not talking just local you know a few thousand we're talking about billions because there's eight billion animals a year that are raised for food yeah and you know it's such a good point and i absolutely will attest to that um i've personally experienced many people crossing party lines over an animal issue so you know uh, and multiple elections when when someone feels that animals are are being mistreated and the people who are trying to help them are being ignored and it's unjust we will all probably cross party lines to support their opponent um because that's just we have to get them out it's it's the most frustrating feeling in the world because again these animals don't have any voice you know they don't have a choice no puppy is going to, uh, you know, be born at in a, in a puppy mill and say, "Oh, please rip me away from my mother before I'm ready." And certainly, the the breeding dogs are not going to say, "Oh, just keep me here, barely keeping me alive, so I can just pump out puppies until you decide to discard me like a piece of garbage." They don't have a voice, so you know, we we all have to we have to get involved to make the changes. Yeah, and a lot of times also your elected officials that the there's so many bills that are introduced in a legislative session. Yeah. There's hundreds and hundreds of bills that would you know, pertain to let's say, you know, animal advocacy, but that and there's there's thousands of bills, every bill that gets introduced. It's your job to bring it to their attention. They may not even know about a specific thing. And once you bring it to their attention, and if you can explain the benefits or, or the potential harm, then that they now it's on their radar. And now and, right. and it, it keeps what at the end of the day, what do elected officials want? They want to be reelected. So yeah. if they're getting phone calls and they're getting a lot of calls on a specific topic, it's going to get their attention. They're going to give it their attention. Right. And and if the, if the majority of people are wanting them to vote and support something or not, they're going to pay attention to that because they want to be reelected. I I don't think people realize how simple it is to just make how powerful it is. I should say to make that one phone call or send that one email. It is extremely powerful when you can do it in numbers. And it's so easy. 
So I, yeah. guys, we got we got to jump to a quick break. But what I want to ask real quick, you know, Val, I know when we come back, I want you to talk about just the act of getting out and voting and making sure, you know, we, you and I talked about that earlier today. We should make a point of that. But gang, listen to what we're saying here. Listen to what these women are telling you. It's about getting out there. If you if this is bothering you, what you're hearing about today, go out there and do something about it. Go out and advocate. Call your local politicians and get involved. Sometimes something's important. Sometimes you just got to roll up your sleeves get involved and do it quick shout out to our friends watch a couple of our friends checking in barry's checking in samantha's checking in sassy is checking in on the facebook always know you can check in and uh comment and say hello to us on facebook during the show we're gonna go to a quick break we'll be back in 90 seconds to bring this show to a close pals right back hey everybody it's tommy d the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. guys we are back it's pals the professional and animal lovers show um so we're talking about voting we're talking about how to become an effective legislative advocate and the number one thing that we all have to do is make sure we're registered to vote and that it's current great example a lot of people moved during covid uh they transferred from you know highly populated areas for the most part to more suburban neighborhoods etc and most people when you move including myself Updating your voter registration is not the number one thing that comes into your mind. So I want to let everyone know, I looked it up prior to the show, the deadline to update your registration, or if you turned 18 or you have kids that just turned 18 to register, it has to be postmarked in the state of New York by October 8th. So don't wait. Um, A great resource for that is the New York State Board of Elections website. I refer to it often. You can easily uh, download the form and mail it, or you can go to your local board of elections and drop it off. But it, I mean, that's like next week. October 8th is right around the corner. Yeah. And yesterday was National uh, Voter Registration Day. But you will not be, be uh, an effective advocate if you can't vote. And it's very frustrating. I've known people where it's happened. I called them up um, uh, 2019. And I said, you know, I knew they were aware of all of these issues and they wanted to get a certain person out of office, which we did. Thank God. But the point is that she told me, oh, I never updated my registration. Now, this is someone who's considering running for office. So we have to <laughs> we have to make sure that our registration is accurate. OK. Um, OK. So, Joanne, I want to switch to a fun topic now, because this is like also another great accomplishment of yours. But it's also um, kind of like an enlightening thing. Let's talk about Bark and Brunch. I'd love to. I just have to, just because we got off topic for, I also, you have to also know who your congressperson is. So if you want, congress.gov, congress.gov backslash members 
backslash find dash your dash member um, because you want to know who your congressperson is too. That being said, um, Bark and Brunch is awesome. And I look forward to putting that, working on that every year. It's really um, fun because I've made so many contacts in Long Island rescue groups. Um, so the Refuge Restaurant, they um, allow for dogs on their expansive outdoor patio on Sundays and during brunch hours, which is from 11 to 3. And Tito's Vodka, they are very philanthropic. They support lots of um, different things, but dogs are something that vodka, it, their slogan is vodka for dog people. So they're very partial to dogs and they, and they do great things and they give away, um, they make beautiful donations um, to many different rescue groups across the country. But here um, with uh, Long Island, of course, Tito's is one of the vendors that um, sells vodka to the restaurant and they wanted to get behind this bark and brunch. So every Sunday people come to refuge with their leash dogs there. They can enjoy brunch on the outdoor patio with their dog. Um, so obviously it's weather dependent, but now they have a big giant outdoor covered patio area. So doesn't really affect you now if it rains nice. because there's so much there's so much yeah that was that's really key so that's something new this year but um this sprinkled throughout the season because bark and brunch starts in april and it runs to like end of october but we have um 10 groups that um there's a lot of they all have to be a 501c3, but, you know, we, we invite local rescue groups and also local groups that cater to um, dogs in some fashion. So it might be um group like we just had the military, uh, their paws of war. Um, they provide service animals. Um, they We also have returning groups that come um, each season. Rescues like a little shelter. Sunday, I have Long Island Dog, which they are a 501c3, but they're not a rescue group. They're a group for dog owners. And what they do is legislatively advocate for more dog friendly spaces on Long Island so that you can bring the dog to this, you know, potentially this park or potentially this beach. Because legislative advocacy is how you get it done. You have to get the officials to say, okay, we'll make this a dog-friendly space. So that's an example yeah. of using your voice. They've been trying to do that in Long Beach for, for years. They want just one block, you know, one block with a beach uh, dedicated to being able to bring your, your dogs. But I want to say Bark and Brunch is so much fun also, and the food is terrific. And this is a... And we have vegan options. And, and they have vegan options. That's a and this is a prime yes, example. Is this is a prime example of what we're trying to do here on Pals is to highlight, you know, all things. You're in the mood for a martini or a cosmopolitan. Why not? I only buy Tito's vodka and I'm not a big I was technically banned from drinking vodka a couple of years ago. But the point is, is that when I'm going to someone's house, if we're going to pick up a bottle of vodka for them, it's always Tito's because of for the animals. Yes, I always promote I'm always going to promote Tito's because they what they do is unbelievable. They're really they're so philanthropic. They they'll make the don like last year with COVID, we had to cancel almost half the brunches. We were supposed to start up in April, we didn't start up until late summer and we the Tito said, "You know what? It's not their fault. We're still going to cut those checks." Wow. So they still made the donation that, that all those groups were were excited and and want and needed so badly. Tito said, "Hey, they didn't have their event, but that doesn't mean we're not going to send them the check." And that That's that I, I just think they're they're awesome. I love amazing. That. Me too. Yay, so, Tito's. Uh, I gotta say, I actually saw the Tito's gang yesterday. Uh, I was working due to day of service. Hashtag sixty days of service. Day number fifteen with the Marty Lyons Foundation, incredible nonprofit organization. Uh, we were out at the golf course yesterday, Beth Page, and 
And um, thank you, by the way, for all the gang out there for welcoming me for my day of service with you guys. But I will tell you, Tito's was there. So this is a this is a call out to Tito's. You're doing great work. We'd love to have a representative of Tito's reach out to us here on the Pals show, or that would be two shows. If I say Pals show, that would be the professionals and animal lovers show show. So I'll just say Pals. Uh, but we. <laughs> so yeah, how do you get in touch with us? You can reach us at, at Jovi at Pal P A L hyphen show dot com. Jovi as in Jovi the dog. That's how you get in touch with us. And um, also Pal Show is on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, so anybody who wants to get in touch with us, whether it be Tito's or somebody else who really wants to find out more. Joanne, one last thing before we bring it to a close, because we're coming up to the end right here. Well, anything else you want us to know about? Yeah, I have a Facebook two group pages if anybody wants to join. One of them is called Suffolk County Animal Advocates that I moderate. The other one is called Meatless Monday and Beyond, and, and I moderate that page too. Love it. All right, Joanne, you're a great friend of the show. You're a great friend of ours. We appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Don't be a stranger. You can always come back. Bring some of those rescues with you next time. And I want to ask one other question before I close out the show. When it comes down to it, we don't currently have a dog in my family, but my kids love dogs. So are we welcome to come to Bark and Brunch and just you know be there with dog less and just kind of hang out with all the dogs? All right. You don't need a dog to come to brunch. Okay. And right. when we have a rescue group, a lot of times they have adoptable dogs with them that day. So you never know. Uh, listen, you don't even you listen to the, <laughs> episodes of the show. You'll know the kind of trouble I'm in right now as far as adoption. <sighs> we'll talk more about it. So thank you for being here, Valerie. Thank you for your vision. Thank you for coming up with this idea. Thank you, Sam Leibowitz on the other side of the glass for doing great things. Sam sent, sent me a note during this and said he's like me. He likes to eat cookies and I think he said he's been, uh, you know, off the meat for a number of years, six, seven years now. So shout out to you. Shout out to the Long Island Railroad. Hello, Railroad. Um, <laughs> have to call them out because they're there. So let's let's um, let me tell you two things. Next week on the show of the Lion Organization, Long Island Orchestrating for Nature, John D. Leonardo will be here. He's an anthrozoologist and he has successfully led campaigns to stop numerous circuses exotic animal acts, deer culls, and goose culls here on Long Island, as well as led campaigns to stop animal circuses in New York City. We used to think the circus was fun, but there was a lot of animal abuse. So um, find your find your treat somewhere else, gang. That doesn't work. Valerie asked me to close the show with this each and every single week, and I shall. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals, stating, the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way it treats its animals. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next week, Wednesday at 2 p.m. This is Pals. Bye now. Amen. ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc.
In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 